the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Feeling good with Duddy. That's me. Let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Feeling Good with Duddy. As always, I'm joined with my brother and co-host, Jake Bushnell. Yeah. And today, today we have a very special guest, my good friend, Mr. Rome Ramirez of Sublime with Rome. What's up, everybody? Is that you singing that part? Uh, yeah, we'll tell people that. Okay. Tell people that. Um... We'll tell what up? Know. What's up, Rome? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Fresh back from Arizona. That's right. Out with you, actually. We were just. What was that? Yesterday? <laughs> I think we, we had a show together in Arizona. Happy Easter. I skipped that one. We went home to our families, yeah. and now we're back. And while we were at that show, I suckered them to come in here and doing this. No, so this guess what is dope. you're doing Monday? Isn't that crazy though? Because it was like Arizona. That place was packed. There had to been like ten thousand people there. It's like you guys, us, Catastro Boys. Pacific Dub. Pacific Dub. It's like the scene that's been in the game for like forever. And yeah, now there's like way more people there than when it started. <laughs> the I don't know, weirdest thing about Arizona, so far from a beach, it is the desert, huge reggae scene. It's like more Cali huge. than Cali sometimes. It's like you, you're, you're out there and people are like, man, they're in the zone out there. They're like, they are. Yeah. I, I mean, Arizona was one of the, I think it was the first, yep. you know, state we started hitting outside of California. And the fans there have always just been amazing. And they come out and they're ready to party every I time. I remember that. I told them that on stage. I was like, you guys always showing love to the to the you know, to the whole scene. Yeah. Oh, big time. You know? They're they're a big component to that. Back to the clubhouse days. Dude, was that yes. what was the one with the hangar? The airplane hangar. Do you remember that one? No. We used to play in a hangar. It, it, Matt Sound was local sound for it. And that was the clubhouse. That was the clubhouse. That was the clubhouse. It wasn't like a dome, though. It was like an airplane hangar dome. Uh, it was like Hangar 52 or something. Bro, I'm oh, telling you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, that's in... Uh, that's in... It's Flagstaff. Arizona. Flagstaff. <laughs> but it's Arizona, yes, right? Yes, Okay, all right. I was tripping. <laughs> all yeah. right, so... We're old. Dang. Rome. <laughs> You know, I'm going to I'm going to do the question you've probably been asked a bunch, but you know, for for a lot of our listen, listeners who don't know the story behind it, they just know you as Rome from Sublime with Rome. Uh how, can you tell us a little story of like how did this happen for you? Cuz it's a pretty amazing story. It's pretty Yeah, it's pretty Like now that I'm older, I can kind of look at it more from a more macro perspective. And it's you know, it really is just like a lot of like luck and Good timing, but <clears throat> essentially, to to 
to kind of summarize it, um, I wanted to move out to Los Angeles to become like an audio engineer and um, then work my way into, you know, meeting people, becoming a producer and then an artist one day. And uh, on my way out, you know, to do that, I was in Los Angeles. I was like renting a couch for like 500 bucks. Uh, actually, one of the dudes who was uh, like staying there a lot too and jamming out in the beginning was Anderson Pack. Believe it or not, that's like super wow. crazy. That is really how, how old are you at this point? I was the youngest, so I was like, I was 18 at the time, and Breezy was like, uh, Anderson Pack, he was like probably like 20, and then like the other dude, like Vishnu and Cheddar, like they were all like 21, 22, but they were in like their own little thing called like Block Cheddar and stuff. And like, I was like the young and like, you know, going to school for engineering, and they had just like graduated. And uh, yeah, man, like it was just crazy. It was like such a really creative environment. And everybody was just really like gassing each other up and stuff. But uh, yeah, man, it was like, it was just a you know, crazy time like where I was just surrounded by like so many like talented people from all over like the country. Cause like, you know, in your hometown, you only know like your squad, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you could be like the dopest dude of like 10 dudes, you know what <laughs> I mean? Which is cool and all, but when you go out to LA, it's like a very like real factor. You see, you, know, you see all those houses and stuff, and you know, all the buildings you see on TV and everything. You're like, dang, this is like where stars are from. So then you start to meet a bunch of talented people, and so it, it was like an, it was really cool, creative space. And I started to meet other people, and that's where um, I started dating this chick who was recording over at Seventeenth, uh, mm-hmm. or he was like the head of the studio. You guys know Lewis Richards. Yep. Um, and 17th Street's where Dirty Heads did a lot of stuff. It's yeah, Co- man. Costa Mesa. Did our first two, first two albums there. First three, actually, I think. Huge, yeah. huge, huge shout out to Lewis Richards for, you know, being a huge component to that, too. The like, whole scene, really. Yeah, for real, man. He, like, you know, put put a lot of people on, myself included. But, yeah, man, so he, you know, kind of took me under his wing and was like, I'll let you sleep in my studio, you know, if you just help me run the studio. And I was like, my dream. I came out here to be in the studio anyway. So I dropped out of that school. And um, I just started, like, living over at Louis' spot and then, you know, helping him with the studio and stuff. And he was teaching me all kinds of stuff about just songwriting arrangement and, like, producing and attacking threshold on a compressor and all that <laughs> stuff. So it's like, yeah, man, it was it was a crazy time. And he was uh, friends and currently er, – and, and, and was in a band at the time with uh, Wilson, Eric Wilson from Sublime. And, yeah, that was, like, the uh, – that was like the start of that relationship. And I remember even going over there, he had like the self-title plaque on the wall, you know? Yep. And I mean, it's the same with you, I'm sure. Dad is like, you know, we're young and we're just like, man, Sublime's like, it kind of introduced us into all this, oh, yeah. you know? I remember when Wilson would come to the studio every time. He'd be like, 100%. Damn, there he is. <laughs> Dude, nuts. It's like literally, I just remember that being so crazy. It's like, like when he would like, I think the first time I ever came, his bass guitar was there. And I was like, wow, it's like an artifact, you know? So crazy. <laughs> I just remember that vividly. I took a picture and I sent it to my homies. I was like, people's bass this is. They were like, what the hell? But yeah, man, like, and that was like, you know, the the introduction to me and Wilson. And then, you know, anybody who knows Eric, he's like the biggest music fan ever. So the quickest way to Eric's heart is like through music, and I, man, he just really took a liking on me because that's all I lived about was for music, you know. And uh, he just, you know, you guys know he throws like the craziest parties oh, ever, yeah. Big like time. amazing. If you guys don't know, this dude's like, you know, he's 
he's a you know he's like a party master like his house is like fully lasered up all the time drum set pa fog machine guitar amps yeah. fog machine in the living room he's like, got a no, pet goat yeah dude that goat with a chain necklace it's like, his PA system is like legitimately better than like most clubs. Like when, yeah, when you see Eric like Wilson racks, on stage, that's that's him. That's like him. The, the glasses, the whole the life, it never stops. When Drake says like he wears his chains in his house, well, Eric like will wear like his leather jackets in his house and stuff, and is like yep. smoking cigarettes in the kitchen. Like, I remember one tour. Legend, uh, <laughs> one tour, he he ran off site for a bit, and and I remember Cheese was like, man, I, I can't get a hold of Eric. I, I don't know where he is. And then Eric showed up in a full. Elvis suit that he had just bought from a pawn shop, and then Philly. he wore that for like two weeks straight yeah. on stage. Yeah, that was full a Elvis Philly. Suit. Oh, that thing smelled so bad after a while. But yeah, dude, that was so crazy. Usually before a Sublime with Rome show, I don't know how it is lately. I haven't seen you guys in a. I haven't been on tour with you guys in a while. But when I first did, I, every show almost was where did Eric Wilson go? Yeah, somebody needs to be sent out to find him and drag him back to the venue. Pretty much, you know. He but would just that, do that's his the thing. thing about dude. It's crazy about Eric. It's like there's never been a Sublime show. Um, you know, ever in the history of the word sublime and music associated to it in the form of reggae and rock, uh, <laughs> where Eric hasn't has has not been on that stage. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yep. And everyone it's else is so tripping. nuts. Now yep. he has pushed that shit to the limit. You know, we're on at nine. It's like nine oh five, but he's never not come and played a show. And I, dude, like he said that once a long time. Like those were his words. He was like, "There's never been a sublime show where I haven't been on stage." And I was like, man, that's like kind of nuts. Um, and it's true, man. It's like, I think he kind of holds that to a pride too, you know? Like, yeah. you know, he, he, time doesn't make sense to Eric Wilson. It doesn't really to most geniuses from what I gather, you know? Oh, Brian Wilson's another one of those people, you know, from stories I've heard and the books I've read on him, that, you know, like those, those kind of like boundaries that we set on ourselves, like, don't really make sense to the ultra high creative. Mm-hmm. And um, he, yeah, Eric permanently lives in that zone where he's like constantly just creating things, and it's like, I don't know, it's super inspiring to see someone like that. Yeah, he's a pretty amazing dude. So, you know, that being said, you know, I think a lot of people would look at that story or just, you know, hear of like, okay, this new young kid gets to just step in and, you know, all of a sudden be the, the lead man for this amazing legendary band. Like, wow, how lucky. What a blessing that must have been for him, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's very true. Like, that is lucky. That is a blessing. Um, but, you know, there's two different ways to look at luck, and there's two different ways to look at, at blessings, you know? And, and, you know, you could look at someone who, say, for instance, hasn't really done much in their life, hasn't worked hard for much, and they, they go down to the, the 7-Eleven, and they spend $1 on a lotto ticket, and they win, you know, $100 million. And you think, wow, that's so lucky. What a blessing, you know. Um, and that is. That is really lucky. And I'm sure a lot of people that's happened to, that's changed their life in a very positive way. But there's also the other side of that, that a lot of those people that happen to, you know, they end up blowing all the money. They end up having problems with their family because they, they had other problems before. And they thought if I got all this money, it would solve all my problems. Like a but band-aid, then, I think. Yeah, totally, you know? And you just think, oh, well, I have all these problems because I don't have money. And yeah. then they get all this money, an endless amount of money, really. And and then you get all these new problems yeah. that you're just not ready for. You're not prepared for that. Yeah. So it's like, yes, you can get lucky. There can be blessings in life. But at the same time, if you're not prepared for them, if you're not ready then it's not going to be lucky. It's not going to be a blessing. It's going to end up, you know, 
either doing nothing for you, like for instance, someone might look at Rome and say, wow, how lucky. What a blessing that is for him to have gotten that opportunity. And so, you're right. It <laughs> is very toy. lucky. <laughs> it is a blessing. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a movie. Like a kid who grew up his very favorite band in the world, he ends up becoming friends with the bass player, and then the band reforms, and he gets to be the lead singer. That's nice. a that's a movie. That's not oh, yeah, real it's life. A, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie called Rockstar. Yeah. I think it is. So <laughs> yes, yeah, but lucky. There's the point. It's blessing. Pretty close. But too. but Rome was highly prepared. Yes. So I think what we're trying to get at is like you know people can go oh lucky, yeah. But if Rome couldn't sing, if Rome didn't know how to play guitar it wouldn't have mattered, right? So the timing was right, but Rome was there, and he was there for completely different reasons. He didn't show up at Louis' studio to say, I want to be in Sublime with Rome. It wasn't a thing. Rome loved music. Rome was following his heart. He was already super talented, and he happened to be in the right spot. The timing was right. The preparation was there. That's how good luck is created. And we know it's a good thing because... How many years ago was that? You are still so the singer hard. of Sublime Crazy. with Rome. Ten dude. years this year, Ten actually. Ten years. Nice. Thank you, guys, man. That, that, that means a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's kind of crazy because ultimately, though, like, no matter what, like, that shit was complete luck, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, you, you, I don't know. You have to be prepared. Like, I wouldn't have even moved to Los Angeles if I knew I sucked at music, you know? I knew I was good enough to at least try and have a mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I definitely worked at it and I listened to other people and, you know, but I don't know. My thing was, it was just always following intuition of just keeping an open mind, staying positive and working hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't know that I would be, uh, doing something in, in music to, you know, some sort of capacity where I'd be able to pay my bills, hopefully. You just felt it. You just knew it. I just knew it, man, since I was a kid. Like, since I was, like, pretty much, like, in I think you kind of have to have like, that feeling. Just kind of feeling from it. But not never with Sublime, ever in my <laughs> life, that I think I get to that point. And that's the beauty of life. Who can you just, you really that? don't know, man, yeah. like, ever. You know, I thought I had my own, like, you know, crazy band, and we'd be doing things and whatever, but, like, this opportunity came up, and it was, like, are you serious? Uh, well, of course, yes. But what? This is like awesome. Like, and then it's like, I don't know, man. Like, just that 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 whole science is, I think more so than even like you know me being like prepared or whatever because we're just fans of it anyway. We just did it all the time anyway. You know what I mean? If it was smoking pot, we'd be pro at that. <laughs> um, but, but I think you still are. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. But um, but yeah, man. You know, it was it was it was definitely. Just all these key components. I like to tell people same same thing about lay me down. That's what I tell people like, cause a lot of people who ask about the DH, like especially in the scene, like like oh man, you know we just gotta get that one song and then like we'll be like headlining shit like Dirty Heads, you know. And I'm like, you guys have no idea how many years these guys have been in the band, like and played for nobody. Like, yeah, they had the song and we did it and it was just magic at the right time we were prepared like all that stuff but there was this magic in the air that happens when i just you know you can't really put a formula to it but man it's like it's no, special a, you know there was mm -hmm. a lot of things going on you know that's that's a really good you know story and and it goes right into the subject of what we were talking about of like lucky and blessings but being prepared because yeah, I mean, the Lay Me Down hitting for us and going number one for 12 weeks. We, like, broke records. 
we we hadn't done anything on that level even close at that Ever. point. We, yeah, we had been touring for a long time. We had played thousands of shows, and um, we've had we had little small decent success in some certain areas but we were still grinding they were huge in arizona we were huge in Massive. arizona clubhouse okay um and then uh that song being played was actually lucky and a blessing this is how that happened our manager was going to k-rock to show him three songs off of our new album what songs i think it was stand tall believe and chelsea and uh solid records and he asked his assistant, like, will you burn, this is back when you're burning CDs, will you burn a CD with those three songs on it? I'm going to K-Rock, I want to show them these songs and, and see if they'll pick one up as a single. So she act, we had just recorded Lay Me Down, it wasn't even on the album, and we did, it was like a demo recording, it wasn't mixed, it wasn't mastered, nothing. One day in the studio, threw down a demo, and we had sent it to our manager so it was on his desktop and she dragged that onto the CD on accident. Shout and out Tamara Reagan. It was yeah, Tamara. Hey, you know what? Blessing. I like to um, think it was on purpose. Yeah, yeah. She knew, <laughs> what, she knew what she was doing. Give that girl a raise. Yeah. Uh, so he, the first song that gets played when he's in that meeting is fucking Lay Me Down. And he's like, what is, wait, oh no. And he's trying to like, Wait, that's not the right one. And the and you know they're like, no, we love this track. We're gonna play it right now on the radio and see what happens. So they accidentally put this song on the CD. The first song they play, they love it. They played on the radio that day, and it got a great reaction. So he just boom right then threw it into full rotation. And that never happens. Never happens. Ever. Very lucky. You know, a blessing, definitely. 100%. But in the long run. We were ready. We were prepared. We had been playing so many shows. We had been working so hard. And, you know, we got this lucky opportunity. We got this blessing in the skies. But at the end of the day, we were ready for it and we were prepared. And, you know, we still take every step today to be prepared for the next, you know, lucky break or the next blessing because you never know when it's going to arise. So when it does, you best be ready. Straight up. Damn. That was right. And I won't go in too much more of just blowing you up on this subject, but I think this is just something really cool that I've never actually asked you. And, I mean, you're a good friend of mine. We've been pretty much on this ride of music forever together. For real. And uh, what was the feeling you had inside on the very first time you stepped on stage, which I believe was at the K-Rock Weenie Roast at the Irvine Meadows? Was this the first show you played with Sublime with Rome? No, we played at uh, Smoke Out. Smoke Out, that's that right. So what yeah. was that feeling like? The first I'm time you walked it. out on stage, the walk out on stage, I am now the lead man for my favorite band. Here we go. What did that feel like? And more importantly, like uh, uh, you're the lead singer of a legendary band with yeah. a legendary lead singer. Yes. And you, dude, yeah, there's yeah, stories like Henry Rollins singing for Black Flag for the first time and just being like, oh, are they going to accept me? Like, what was going through your head? Dude. <clears throat> suicide? No. <laughs> um, no, man, it was like, you know, well, before Smoke Out, moments, moments before, like right when the tour manager came backstage, it was like, yo, it's showtime, guys. Um, I probably looked insanely nervous as I was, but Bud pulled me in, in, like, he was like, yo, me and Eric, he was like, he pulled a joint out of his pocket. He's like, let's go smoke a joint real quick. Um, in typical Bud fashion, like, stuck <laughs> in, Okay, let's go smoke a joint real quick before that. And um, so we, we we hit the bathroom, and then we just smoked a joint. And, like, 
Bud was like, don't be nervous, man. You got this shit. You're already here. Like, we already think you're dope. Like, don't even. So that actually did help me out a lot, you know, from like that 20 second walk until I got to the stage again. Then I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but, you know, as I'm sure you can attest to, um, as soon as you hit that first note, man, it all becomes fun again. Yeah. It all like, there's like, well, here we go. It's like as soon as you're in a roller coaster and the thing takes off, you're like, well, they can't back out now. Might as well I better enjoy, enjoy this shit. And that's that's what it was, man. I was just, I closed my eyes and I was like, okay, here we go. Let's not fuck this up and let's have some fun. Nice. And that, you know, to this day, that's still like the 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 mentality, you know. But if, if it, it was honestly, it just was that last minute, like, um, reformation from the guys you know it was just like you're right you know nobody here nobody nobody knew Bradley you know besides like a couple you know it's really close people and I would probably assume that that would be you two as well and you guys say I'm all right then it's all, that's all right for me too you know so yeah. I was like okay let's do it oh and, yeah and yeah man it's been insane it's been 10 years of like that's crazy 10 years 10 years that bro. went so fast I know it's crazy. Married, about to have another baby, two kids. It's like, what the hell? Speaking of blessings. And you know what? Up. You know what? Yeah. All of that probably feels good. Oh, right, Jake? Oh, boy. And feeling I'm feeling good, good at that. It'd be feeling good. Wow. It'd be feeling good. I know, man. That's like a crazy thing. And, uh, yeah, and we like to talk about things that make us feel, feel good. good. I'm feeling good with Duddy. And we also have sponsors that make us feel good. Feel so good. first off, one of the <laughs> things that makes me and I know makes Rome feel good because we've drank enough of this together to <laughs> kill a small village. But uh, whiskey. I love whiskey. Love it makes it. me feel good. It makes me do bad things sometimes, but at least I'm having fun while it happens. Um, and this whiskey, Proper 12. If you haven't tried this whiskey, go out, grab a bottle, and and share some with your friends. It is so good. And on that note, Jake, will you pour us a couple shots? Let's get going. And uh, I'll get into the next couple sponsors. So once again, Proper 12 Whiskey. If you haven't tried it, I, I highly recommend it. It is delicious. Go get yourself a bottle. And uh, also another amazing product that I love and Splurge. I use daily uh, Koi CBD products. I love this product. It's it's great. Uh, I'm gonna have to try some. Do it right now. Take some right now. A full a full guy. You know, don't I, be scared. I actually got my wife on CBD. Which is, well, you know, then Taylor, I'm gonna give you some to take home with you. Yeah, please. And uh, so this stuff is great. You know, if you're someone who, who's constantly taking you know Advils or Tylenols or anything like that, um, this is this is. Try some CBD instead and just see if it works for you. It's a lot better for you. Um, it, it could help you with your pain. It could help you with your inflammation. And also, you know, it takes a little edge off the day. For me, I love it. It just kind of, I don't feel it. I'm not getting high, but I do feel like it takes a little stress uh, off of my day. I love it. I use it every day. KoiCBD.com. You go there right now. And That's at fun. checkout, you put in code DuddyB. You're going to get 20% off. Dare you to not do that. You put in code Rome, you get 0% off. It's all right. Well, you know what, Rome? <laughs> Maybe next time. Uh, and then one last but not least, uh, Sticky Vapes, another product that I use Big shout out on to the Sticky day. Vapes. I spilled whiskey all over I that I was going to say, yeah. you know what? Dude, you know it'll still work. Yeah. It'll work. It'll Double hit hitter. That's new. Whiskey-flavored weed. How has that not been done? Vape life. Hey, guys at Reamp, get on that. 
Whiskey flavored weed. You guys should touch the ends of your vape pens and take tokes and stare into. Mm, that's that's too close to docking. That's way too close <laughs> to docking. Holy shit! Oh. But yeah, Sticky Vapes. Check it out. Stickyvapes.com. I love these products. Always have one on me. So check it out. Great product. Great company. Great people. Sticky good. Vapes. Thank you. On that note, let's take this shot. And cheers. Let's, uh, cheers to feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. Here we go, boys. Proper quote. Oh boy. That's nice, right? That's nice. That feels good. Okay. So, speaking of feeling good, uh, one place that I go, I've been a few times, and I've had the pleasure of going to this place with Rome and spending weeks at a time here, the Sonic Ranch. Yeah, baby. Man, shout out to the Sonic Ranch. What up, Tony? This place is amazing. We've recorded a few albums there. It's out in El Paso in the middle of nowhere on a pecan farm about 10 feet from Juarez. You can ride a bike, and not a motorcycle, like a Huffy. You can ride it in, like, one minute, and you're at the gate of Mexico, and you could hear the electric. Like It's like 30,000 acres or something, too. It's crazy. It's It's, insane. It's the the largest largest pecan farm in the States, or in the world, maybe, I think it is. I think it might be the world. I think it's the world. So, you know, this guy, Tony, lives there, and... You know, he's made a nice living for himself. His family's, you know, got this this amazing pecan farm, and, they, and they've made a nice living. So Got that pecan money. Pecan money, baby, is big time. So, you know, he, as a hobby, he loves music, and he just loves bands, and he loves musicians. So he built this amazing studio, a couple little studios, out in the middle of this pecan farm in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, he's got a couple little, like house things you can live in yeah. and while you're out there and he's it's got, turnkey man oh it's great couple ladies that live out there and they just cook you uh, the best Mexican food like all day long do your laundry do your laundry it's just an amazing place an amazing vibe and you go out there and it's great because there's no distractions you don't have your friends there you don't have your family there and it's just like let's make some music and he has any guitar you can ever want, any amp. He's just got amazing equipment, and it, and the people that work there are just amazing and great vibes. But that being said, me and Rome have spent quite a few you know days there together, and we've had some good times. But we one did the Sonic uh, Sound of Change album out there. We did the whole Sonic uh, Sound of Change out there, and I think that during that is when we had the night where Tony brought in like a really high end bottle of absinthe. Oh, the worm Do you remember this? Was it the wormwood? Yeah. Yeah. And we all uh, just started. that was a weird time. Yeah. We started, and he was doing it right with like the, I don't remember exactly how, but he was heating up some, you know. Dude, there was mechanisms. There was like a whole thing. thing Yeah, yeah. And a flame inside of a bottle, and it like gets, oh, dude, it was nuts. And we only Tony would do some stuff like that. Only Tony. Tony, to, to, so you know where where Tony's coming from mentally. Uh, Eric Wilson was out there and had a birthday, and he had there's this big birthday cake for Eric. And Tony came running out of the back room with a humongous samurai sword and just chopped the fuck out of this cake. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Like there was nothing left of this cake. <laughs> he's like, yo, I'm so glad you guys like to any band. You know, he's like, I'm so glad you guys are coming over here. Let me know, you know, if you guys want to take some guns out and just go firing about. It's like. Wow, that's rad. You know, it's like you don't meet a lot of people who are like, thank oh. you for coming. Here are some guns. Here's if some you guns. Want. Here's some absence. Sounds like you guys recorded at Phil Spector's house. <laughs> no, he came out with a samurai sword yeah, and offered dude. us guns. Totally. I mean, he's got some like original, you know, Salvador dollies in there too oh, yeah. in his house. Oh, like, shit. we're talking about Ferraris on the wall, bro. It's like, 
you know, so he's, a, he's a man of impeccable yeah, taste. In, in the in the vocal booth, there is hanging up on the wall an actual flag from a kamikaze yeah. jet that actually crashed, and they saved this. Uh, they saved this flag and fucking comic and, and he put that up in there to sell you like if you're ever in here and you're just not giving it your all look up there and those guys gave their fucking lives for what they believed in you they know? gave 100% so they I'd gave say. everything you know, so yeah. give everything you got so like, you can give us one more take you yeah, know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. guess guys. what you missed the note try you again <laughs> So, yeah I love Sonic Ranch man. yeah and, and one cool thing about Sonic Ranch too is they, they have the only uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the only guitar that Stevie Ray Vaughan played that's ever left his family. They yeah, it's got it. the belt buckle, uh, or it's got worn out on the back from his belt buckle. Yeah, and yeah, he's uh, had the big old because belt. you know, like I had said before, he's he's just a hot. He, <clears throat> he he collects all this amazing musical equipment, and he had a guitar that they really wanted, so they just traded. And of course, every time I've been there, I've been like, "Can I play the Stevie guitar?" And I've got to play it a few times, dude. We've we've done three albums there too. SWR. We've we've done, um, yeah, our last three records there, and then done a couple like writing sessions out there as well. Uh, I added it up, and I spent about like seven months of my life there. Oh yeah, which is like, you know, that's a good amount of time that I've spent anywhere else away from home. And I think about that, and I'm like, you know, it's pretty similar to kind of how I grew up. You know, like even smells the same just because of the launch <laughs> detergent and everything. But, you know, it's predominantly um, Latino kind of vibe. But it's, man, it's a beautiful place, you know. Last time we were out there, actually, uh, we were out there with Rob Cavallo and stuff. And, like, we went, you know, we, we all knocked out probably, like, midnight. And uh, Eric and his his girl and a couple of their buddies, like, they were up a little bit later just drinking. And um, they wanted to play ping pong. And, you know, they're over at Studio A. And then a yeah. mile... And the mile way up that way is like the is is like the other like SSL room. It's a mile up, exactly a mile. And um, they but so they wanted to play ping pong over at their house, but the ping pong table was a mile away. Uh. So Eric was like, you know, uh, it's all good. Like we'll just go and just tie it on the back of my truck, <laughs> and we'll. <laughs> this just, is an Eric story for sure. Yeah, yeah, and we'll drag it over to my house. And it'll be cool. And they're like, hell yeah. So, like, they, you know, tie it up. And what's he thinking? Turn it upside down and slide it? No, nah, they wanted to grind it on the four legs and just kind of ride, rock it out. See, I don't know. Man. <laughs> Mathematically, you don't check out to me. But so they got about 10 feet. And, you know, it gave in. And it did its thing. And it's done. And uh, the next morning, you know, Eric's like, hey, uh, Tony. I wanted to use your ping pong table last night, so I tied it to my truck, and then it broke, and I ran over it. But he's, I saw his face. He's like, but I got you this other ping pong table and replaced And he showed him, like, the Amazon receipt for this ping pong table that's, like, fucking the, the top of the line T9000. <laughs> so Tony was just like, um, okay, okay. It's, it's fine. You know how Tony is. Oh, yeah. But it was just so funny. It's just like, you know. Man, that was like such a disaster. But in total Eric fashion, it's like, but it's okay. Here's but it's you know, okay. I, it's all good. I, I upped it. I upped One the One time Annie. we we were in London. Uh, we we just we had a travel day, and we we just landed in London after like mad connections. Everyone's tired. Everyone wants to go back to the hotel and shower. And Eric's like ex chick is like just lost, 
in the airport. They got into a fight, and she's just gone. And he's like, hold on, guys. I got to go find her. So he's in the airport for like an hour and a half, and we're like, oh, man, we're just waiting, all of us, band and crew, just waiting for him. And then he finally comes out with like, 14 bags of McDonald's and it's like, dude, I'm so sorry for making you guys wait. Here I bought everybody food. It's just cheeseburgers and milkshakes for everybody, dude. dude it was you can't so be fun. mad after that. You can't be mad after that. You can't be mad at Eric ever. <laughs> no, no, he's can't. never doing anything out of spite. He's nah. just being himself and just living saying, his man. life. He he does not, and this is not in a bad way. I do not want to say this and help you think in a bad way. He's not worried about what you guys are thinking. No. Um, and he's not. He's not doing anything to bother anyone. Mm -mm. He's just doing his own thing. He's, and he's just not worried rock star about way, what other man. people are thinking. I honestly, feel, I told Cheese this the other day, I was like, someone needs to write a book on him and it's to be called The Last Rock Star. It, it, he is the last rock star. And I've ever, like, of all, all the people I've ever met, he's, he's just the only person. He's not smoking, he doesn't, he's not lighting up a cigarette in your house because he's disrespecting your house. Just doesn't make, you know, he just doesn't him, have that just... thing in his body. He's like, oh, I want to smoke right now. Sounds like good. Sir, you can't smoke here. This is a library. Okay. Oh, all right. I didn't know. On the like, floor. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. You're sick. Sir, you can't, you can't <laughs> smash that into the floor. That's a library floor. Oh, my bad. He'll sweep you, it up. You just, I'll get you a new, yeah. I'll just get you a new carpet. You got to be a legend. You got to like your birth birth. a genre and sell <laughs> 25 million records <laughs> worldwide, know? I guess. You know? That being said, I got to tell a story about Eric that honestly, to me, I was just like, Fuck yeah, rock and roll, man. Uh, <laughs> I love how this has just turned into stories about Eric. Right, yeah, no, that's what a legend this rock and roll right? is. I got one too. Let's go. No. So we we were with Sublime with Rome in Brazil, and we were doing like a hard run. It was like ten shows Damn. in twelve days or something, and every single day was a show at night, and then like a. Four or five in the morning Sh lobby call. Show in morning. The show start at like midnight yeah. or one a.m. So you're yeah. getting off stage at like two, or yeah. the show's getting done at like two or two thirty, and we mm -hmm. have to be at the airport at four or five. Straight and up. then we have a flight, and then we have another show that day. Same thing, just nonstop, right? So towards the end of this, I mean, we maybe eight or nine. It could have even been no, because we had another show. So we eight or nine shows in, and we have all been drunk, drug through the mud. You know, we're and we're drunk. all looking pretty haggard, and we've all been doing a little bit of partying because. That's the only that's way you can you get, get through it. Man. That's the only way you can get through that kind of schedule. And um, you know, Eric's been on the road with us doing the same thing, and he was <laughs> he was tired. We'll say he was pretty tired this day. And uh, at this point, he had this you know like a tank top on, and he's you know covered head to toe in tattoos, and he's got a backpack on that has spikes all coming out of it with a speaker in it blaring uh, Metalachi. Yeah. Which, if you don't know what Metalachi is, check it out. It's a, it's a mariachi band that just covers old, like, metal songs, and it's fucking amazing. Metalachi, check I'm it out. I'm dying picturing Eric. Yeah, I so can see everything you're doing. We're telling. in the airport, and Eric is just... You know, it's it's a great sight. And then we're walking on the, the jetway to get onto the plane, and he, like, something had me tripped or something, and he, and he, like, fell down. And, you know, we all had to, like, help him up to and like get him onto the plane and you know he's tired he's looking rough at this point and he sits down in his plane and and it looks like he's kind of like passing out a bit right <laughs> and uh and i remember our manager cheese was there and he's like oh man you know eric's not looking really good i, I hope they let us take off you know and as they say this like eight <laughs> nurses run onto the plane and they surround his seat and they're you know taking all of his vitals and they're doing all the thing and and they're just like, sir, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And he just, you know, kept going, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I just need to sleep, you know. And they're like, sir, sir, 
why are you so tired? And he just goes, music. <laughs> That's fucking it. He just said, music. music. And they all, and then like two of the guys asked him for an autograph and then they just bounced and we took off and I was like, that is fucking rock and roll right there, man. He just needed That's some water and a nap. He just needed some water and a nap. Leave the guy alone, man. We've been fucking going hard for 10 days. Like, all those nurses and he diagnosed himself on the spot. I remember yeah. that. I got a case of music. Got a back case off. of music. Just, you don't get it. Uh, you don't get it. How I'm old is Eric? You're like, running around like, with these 20-year-olds, Exactly, man. bro. Exactly. Oh my god! Oh, so yeah, that that that's fucking amazing. Oh man! So yeah, I remember that. You know, uh, I, I I think most people know, but a lot of people don't know. I mean, you're not just the singer for Sublime with Rome. I mean, you're also an amazing songwriter and producer that on your man. own part. And I mean, I I only say that because I hope you will continue to produce songs for us in the future. <laughs> um, I mean, we've done I I don't even know, but it's got to be like at least ten, if probably not more, together. We've done. Probably more, probably, yeah, probably more. closer to 20. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's an amazing producer and you would also think, oh, he probably just produces things just like Sublime or Dirty Heads or things like that. But no, you did an entire Enrique Iglesias album. Dude, I've been fortunate enough to be put in some really rad rooms with some really awesome people, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But it's part of that keeping an open mind thing, I think. I've always had a real open mind when it comes to like just life see what kind of doors open up and stuff, you know? But yeah, I've, I got to know Enrique really well and work with him um, through my publisher, uh, Sony ATV. They kind of connected that, and that opened up a lot of doors, you know, to work with, like, Pitbull and, yeah, man, Selena Gomez and, like, Jason Derulo. It's just crazy. <laughs> I, I've been working a lot with this really dope rapper named uh, Jez Dior. Um, he's signed to Sony. He's got some really dope stuff been dropping out. We got a bunch of songs coming out of his album. Um, nice. But yeah, man, you know, I've just been always focused on on the music because that's, like, just what really makes me happy. And then all of the, like, I guess, ancillaries around it, you know, just, the like, that's why I started a record label, Fresh Goods Music, which is, like, essentially all of my talented, like, producer friends. We had all these songs on hard drives that, you know, those ones wouldn't get cut, but they're still dope songs, and we need to put them out somewhere. I know all about that. You know, so... You know, I, I just kind of, like, I had the idea of talking with Cheese, our manager, and was like, you know, I have all these songs. I don't really know what to do with them. And he's like, you should orchestrate a way to be able to distribute them through artists that you know. And I was like, man, that's a really great idea. And then it just kind of turned into its own thing where it's like, you know, what, what once started as me just wanting to get songs off a of hard drive and put into the world kind of turned into this whole thing of now where I, like, legitimately love to facilitate the creativity of other artists like it's oh, that's insane amazing. and it's super time consuming and you know there's really no money in it but it doesn't <laughs> matter because it's like it's music you love it i love it man i love it and i love to really get these artists and connect them with bigger platforms and then and you know when 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 we get wins we get wins you know and when you don't that's the nature of the business but i don't know man like there's just something about being able to find somebody who's I, I guess it's kind of like like me. Like I'm like I kind of feel I feel for the people who are just like me, who had all the creativity but none of the connections and none of the outlets to be able to do it. Yep. Um, and there are people who are extremely fortunate to be, you know, very well connected in the industry or very well financially off, so they were able to kind of get to where they need to go. But there are a bunch of people who are like me who didn't know anybody and didn't handle money. 
So it mm-hmm. just took core people who believed in me, a couple of core people, Lewis being, Lewis Richards being one of them, Cheese being one of them, to help, you know, Eric being also one of them, um, to help, you know, let me go to the next level. You know, you guys, Dirty Heads being one of them. You guys put money in my pocket before Sublime did, real talk. Like, I had nothing. And, you know, you guys would be on tour probably making, like, bringing home. Dude, in some cases, I was making more than you guys on some of these runs. Oh, for sure. When you come home, because you'd be like, yo, we got to pay Rome for We couldn't ask him to come out. We had, like we said before, Lay Me Down hit. It wasn't even on our album. It came by surprise. So We were performing it. I had all we had all these shows booked. We're like, well, we gotta play it, and we gotta have him come out, and we can't expect him to come out and do this for free. So we had to pay him like a respectable amount of money because yeah, that that's cool. just how we work, you know. They gave me like five hundred bucks a tour, and I was like, <laughs> hell yeah! And that was like five hundred bucks more I than made we made. It. Yeah, straight up. Well, dude, and so. Rome was doing double duty, so I was tour managing the Dirty Heads right when they when this song hit. And so here's what would happen: Rome was on tour with Sublime with Rome, so he had those duties, but he would also sleep on our bus. Because we had to show That's up right, at every single radio. every single state we entered, every city yeah. we entered, we had to be at their radio station at 7 a.m. And Rome would sleep on our bus so he could wake up, do the Lay Me Down song live on the air with the Dirty Heads. And then he would go to the show with us and then he'd do the Dirty Head show and he'd do the Rome show. And... Um, Working his ass off. And the Dirty Heads, too, man. These kids woke up every morning at 7 a.m. and played a song live on every single city's radio station. Shook every hand. Except for one. Which one? Except for one morning. Oh, no. Oh, Wait, was, no. I part, was I there <laughs> no. for this one? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. No. Let's hear it. So, so this all started with, and in our defense, what were we supposed to do? Yeah, uh, yeah. We had a radio. It was a day off. Yeah. But we ha- but they had scheduled us, and this is back in our van days. This wasn't even a bus. This no, was like this van was, this days. Was before me. This was before you oh, even came. Wow. With us. Everybody was poor. Everybody yeah. was dang. Like, yeah, this. Uh, I came in the so bus days. We were in sl- slow San Luis Obispo, probably yep. playing Downtown Brew, mm-hmm. and uh, and we had spent the night there, and we we had a radio thing the next day at like eleven or something like that, and we woke up. And we got we all got in the van and, and got ready to go and we're like, well, where are we going? We haven't even gotten any info on this. So we started hitting up our management, like, dude, we haven't gotten a call sheet. Like, we don't have an address, we don't have a contact number, we don't have anything. Like, hit us up, you know, yes. like we're we're we, ready, but we don't got nowhere to go. We might have had some bloody marys as well. So well, that being this. said, we said we're just gonna go into this little bar and wait and and just have like breakfast and we'll wait. Breakfast. <laughs> that, that turned into this game that we like to play called Everyone Gets a Turn to Order a Drink and Everybody Has to Drink That Drink. And that turned into like, deadly game. like the worst shit. Like at like 10 in the morning, we were pounding adios motherfuckers and shit. Like the dumbest drinks you could ever imagine. And I think by like noon... And I hope we can find this picture and have it on uh, the, the site. I'll send it as soon as I get home. If I you're listening it. to this, go on the site and listen and find this picture of me and Matteo and Rome <laughs> passed out in an alley behind the bar at like noon. And that was, we took a little cat nap in the alley and then we got up and went back in the bar and kept it going. At, at one point, the bartender just closed the door and put the close sign because That's there was right. like nine of us in there. For we were win. the bar. Yeah. And we were just, at, I think uh, Matty O, uh, <laughs> risky he, he really does resemble a young uh, Tom Cruise. So at one point we had him 
in his underwear and socks sliding across the bar like fucking Tom Cruise. And so she was like, okay, I don't want to kick these guys out, but I can't let anybody else in here. So she closed the bar and people were coming and like knocking on the door and looking in the window and they'd yeah. look in and they'd see what was happening and they would just leave. Dude, they didn't want they didn't any want part of it. it. But uh, we ended up at the Madonna Inn. Do you remember this? And I think you and Trophy ended up doing acid. acid, I think. And yeah. me and Jared, Jared ended up punching me in the face. I, uh, Dude, well, you, okay, yeah, you pushed him onto a bed with a pizza. Oh, yeah, it was so good. white hoodie. So <laughs> we had, like, five rooms. And I went to one room by myself to pass the fuck out because I was exhausted. <laughs> and, of, and, of course, Jared rolls in, like, ten minutes after I laid down with, like, a bunch of people and like all these pizzas and I was like yo go hit another room you know I'm sleeping and that turned into us you know completely hammered arguing and as we're arguing I realized oh he's got a brand new white sweater on ooh that's a full cheese pizza on the bed so I throw him on the fucking cheese pizza on his brand new white sweater (laughs) (laughs) and he gets up and at this point I'm just cracking up and everyone's laughing and he gets a little angry and he's like Oh my face! I'm like, dude, just fucking hit me, then, just fucking hit me, and he fucking clocked me right in the face, and uh, <laughs> it, yeah. It and then, like, good. thirty minutes later, everybody was smoking then, weed. Yeah, and <laughs> ten minutes later, we were hugging and friends. And that's just how it goes, but yeah. whatever. And um, check out the Madonna Inn. We we'll put pictures. Dude, up of the, Madonna Inn is a trip. If you're on acid trip. at yeah. the Madonna Inn, this isn't just a regular place. So this I had weird. my room, and then. Uh, so yeah, this, this place is a fucking trip. If you guys have never been there or stayed there, it's in San Luis Obispo. It's like right off the 101, right? Right off the 101, uh, so, mountain. Yeah. And every yeah. every room is themed. So it's like you know, there's like the dollhouse room, and then there's like an all pink room, and like a tie dye room, and a sailboat room, just all kinds of crazy shit. And so we were already like me and uh, throw sound guy Matt, we were already like tripping on like some acid, and then we had a adjoining room. So we, like, obviously, you know, you do in your early 20s, you just combine the rooms to double the party up all the time. And we were just tripping so bad that we started rearranging the furniture, like, or rearranging (laughs) the decorations. We would take my, like, doll room and mix it in with his sailboat room, and we'd just be swapping all the artwork. (laughs) And then I remember that we stole, or the the next day I stole a pillow, and then then I got billed for it at the end. That's right. It was, like, $50. I was, like... What? I have to give fifty dollars back to the band? Like, yeah, because he stole the pillow. I was like, what was the feather count on that pillow, (laughs) dude? I was pissed. Fast forward ten years, and do you remember that room we just destroyed? And you were like, I don't give a shit. Bill me. (laughs) Oh fuck! At one point, when he threw the champagne ball, I was there. That was New Year's Eve in Chicago. Chicago. I was gonna bring this up, dude. You were like, like a, like an axe thrower. Rome was throwing bottles of champagne and sticking them into the wall. Dude, no, I do one room it and it landed perfect, perfect in there. Perfect. And like cheese, cheese, like our manager, where he typically would have probably choked you, any of us. It was so well done that he was like, "Huh, you can't get mad at that." Pretty good job on that. Cool. I was yeah. like, "Come on." That shit costed me $700. I was like 21. Ooh. We had like the entire floor. It was yeah. a New Year's Eve. We were like on the harbor. It was like in a dirty Sublime Bro. with Rome yep. New Year's show. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, it was that something was... like the entire eighth, 12th floor was ours. And so it was every room, like you said, with the Madonna Inn, just room after room was all ours. And so Rome was just axing Dude, bottles of champ. Champies into the yeah, wall. Yeah, that was a really, really expensive. Uh... <laughs> 
really expensive accolade. Worth it, dude. I'll never forget. <laughs> Worth every second. Uh, or now, I'd have been like, I'll take the 700, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Rome. Every show, we like to do a segment called One Time at Bandcamp. Okay. And it gives you a chance to just tell us any story. Funny, inspirational, scary, stupid, I don't care. Whatever it is, just something that stands out from your just your your story of start to you know to hear one story you got one for us yeah okay oh and this one time at band camp oh my god that's the banjo at the end <laughs> um okay yeah you know um this one time okay so the first time that we ever uh, i want to give a story that like no one's ever heard that's yeah, the like that. one that, that those are the best ones you mind if i take oh, tell one we told panels? earlier yeah let's get some brontos going um Okay, so when when Eric called Bud and was like, "Yo, I got this kid um, who I think you might be into, like jamming with." What? Never. I, don't, I just thought of something. It's dirty water. Was your first show potentially in well, Lake Tahoe? Yeah, actually. Oh, you just reminded me of that because I remember. Yeah, actually. So technically that was, I lied. Our first what? show was in Smoke. I remember they had like a, like, because Bud was living in. In, in Reno. And you guys went and played a show at a small club out there. It was at a Mexican restaurant called uh, Los Tres Hombres or something like that. Dang. I do remember Tres Hermanos. Ah, oh, man, I forgot what it was. It was something. Tres, Tres that, something. That's like a Breaking Bad. Well, that's Dos Hermanos. No, that's. Los Poyos. Oh, you're right. Shit. Los Poyos. Something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, so, so Bud was like, yo, pull up, you know, come, come up to uh, Reno and, and bring the kid. And he's like, all right, cool. So mind you, they hadn't talked to me forever. Uh, so he's like, do you want to ride up with me or do you want to fly? Up there. And, you know, I'm, like, I'm trying to hang out with you, man. Eric Wilson, come on. Let's kick it. So Eric Wilson calls Bud. Bud's uh-huh. living in Tahoe. And he says, I got this kid, you, Rome. Come on up. Come on up. Let's jam and it's see Five-hour what's up. drive. Let's do this. Brilliant. That drive took us like three days. Okay. we So he lived in Long Beach. And then from Long Beach, we went to L. Like, he's like, I need to stop off at L.A. So then we stopped off at L.A. I'm pretty sure that's like the opposite direction of when you're going to Reno. From Long Beach, you know what I mean. So we, we just went like straight north down to up, up to uh, to L.A. and then we stopped at like this synth shop, and then we stopped at the synth shop, and then he's like, "Yo, we're gonna swing by my buddy's house." Um, he's like, "Won't take too long." So we go there, and this is like in downtown somewhere. And then he's like, "Yo, I'll be right back. We're gonna swing over to his homies. He's like two floors up." The other way, just chill. I'm like, bet. So I'm down there for like an hour, just chilling. I go meet up with my friends down the street to go get some drinks. I end up just staying the night and spending the night. (laughs) (laughs) Then then I get a call from Eric the next day. He's like, yo, you ready to roll? I'm like, yep, let's go. So then, all right, bet. So then we're heading, heading on up, going to Reno, or going to Tahoe, and then we stop off at a border town in California. He's like, I know this crazy bar with like a hot spring. So we go to this spot, get in the hot springs. He pulls out a bag of weed. I was so stoked because I had no money and no weed. And he was like, dude, got, got the goods. So that's what he was doing out there. He picked up like from, from his boy. So then we're at like the spring. And then he's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go 
uh, make a call. She's gone. She's just homies is gone for like two hours. I just said this hot spring, like, dang, I'm like hot already. Just gonna <laughs> chill around, walk around. Hope it comes back. Roman, yeah, Roman's like, is this a this whole is like, prank? Is, this, is he like just testing me right now? Ashton Kutcher pops out of the hot spring. And then finally, so it's like, it, it, it's getting like, you know, into the PM now, like the, the later evening of this day, of day two. And uh, it was only a five hour drive. And then he's like, all right, cool. Let's just drive for a little bit and then we're gonna stop over at this hotel. And I was like, all right, cool. So we pull into Old Town Reno. And in Old Town Reno, he then like takes me out to like just the dopest night of my life. Like at that point, man, like he got himself just so drunk. I was only 19 at the time too. So I, I you know, I don't even think I could even drink legally. But I was like, got all blitzed with them. And he gave me like 150 bucks to put into like, like the casino slot machine and I like lost it all but he's like here's some more man don't worry about it bought me a big old steak dinner and I was like this is so fire my life is like amazing <laughs> and then um and then and then right after that um I don't know it was just just in my you know in my head I didn't really know any better uh, I was like yo all right cool uh well you can take the bed man I'll just you know sleep on the floor and he's like no nah, man I'm just gonna get your own room and I just I don't know. I just thought that, that was so rad, dude. It's at my own hotel room, like, cause I never had my own hotel hotel room before. I was like, this is so tight, man. Thank you. And then the next morning, we got together, and then we we drove over to Bud's house, and then it was just like, hey, what's up, man? Rome, what's up? Cool. Well, instruments are upstairs. I'll be up there in a little bit, and then we just went straight into jamming. But that was like, kind of like that was like the twenty four hours or thirty seventy two hours really of like right before. Like, we ever played music together, all of us. Like, and man, that, that like, just kind of foreshadowed a lot of, like, how, how Eric kind of is, you know? Like, he's just always been that kind of dude to, like, provide that platform for some, for, like, a musician, you know? He's a good dude. That's what good. I liked about um, what you're doing for musicians now is exactly what you just said. Like, so you were provided That's this amazing platform. Yeah, and now you're doing the same thing for Do a em. bunch of younger dudes. It's crazy. So everyone's it's winning. It's like a full cycle, you know? No, it's you a You took rad, your man. blessing, you know, if, you know, we're talking Straight about up. blessings this episode. Yeah, man. And you're making that blessing for plenty of other people, and they might make it for other people. So you're just trickling it down. It's dude. crazy how it works. And I don't even know if it's like a conscious thing, you know? It's just probably just, it's something that, you know, is subconscious that I feel like humans kind of have like a, a natural ability to kind of also cultivate community and 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 you know spread positivity i know there's like a lot of negativity in the world and that's always what's broadcasted the most but that's what's tied about your podcast is like where you you know a lot of people can be like focused on like you know the events the more like click baity kind of shit but it's important to have people really highlight the positivity as well mm -hmm. and all the good in the world you know that's that's what we're trying to do because you know what it's like you just said it's I think a lot of people tend to just gravitate towards the negative and they like to then you know go to other people and talk about that and you know get fired up and it's like here what we're trying to do is make you feel good right yeah. Jake we're trying to make you feel good everyone has negative stuff in their life dude and no yeah complain about it fine it's it's part of the human experience but yeah. here. When you listen to this show, 
we're going to make you laugh and we're going to make you feel good. That's all that is. That's important. You it's can a go quick on, break. You can go on Facebook and hear about all the, yeah, you can do all that. the negative in the world. So you, you can know? get political. Have fun. That's it. Yeah, but instead, fun. you chose to tune in here and we thank you so much. Oh, Rome, thank you, my dude, for coming in. Absolutely. But real quick, we didn't even promote what you have. Oh, Come yeah. Up. What's up? I got a new album or the band. We're, we're dropping our, th- damn, it's our third album, uh, Blessings 527. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy. Produced by Rob Cavallo, um, who's a legend producer. He, like, I don't know, man. Like, it was, it's, it's like kind of a nuts because it, it's, we tried to write this album about three years ago. And then, or about two years ago, and then we went to the studio, and it just didn't feel right for us to put it out, you know? So we withhold, and we went back, like, the following year for a writing session, and we, like, came up with the first song, Wicked Heart. And that was the one that kind of, like, got everybody really excited. And then after that, man, like, we hit the studio, and then everything just kind of came, like, full force. And it was dope, because, like, I got to kind of implement some of... You know, some of, like, looking back, um, now that it's been, like, 10 years as the band, you know, like, the lyrical content of the album is is really kind of based on that narrative of just, like, holy shit, what an insane venture, like, this 10 years has been. A lot of it because of just, honestly, man, just being, like, mad grateful and because of, you know, people, like, kind of providing some some faith in me to allow you know me to do some stuff and um and yeah man like that's that's kind of like what the whole album encompasses like lyrically is just kind of that that whole sentiment of just what an insane journey it's been and all of the trials and tribulations that come come with you know following your dream you know but no we're we're stoked man it'll be dropping may 27th that's my son's second birthday so yeah it's crazy life moves fast (laughs) Dang. 10 years in, three albums in. Dude, yeah, I started this shit when I was 19. I'm 30 now, so going to be 31. Dang, that's crazy. Remember I think, that? I think it's working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll keep it going. We just did some really dope-ass like Sony distribution deal with our label, so now we get to... Uh, get to you know sign some artists and do some real big stuff now oh, that's nice. exciting yeah it's, it's it's really big for us so you know i just gonna continue to keep keep making more more music and keep putting out more music for people to hear that's right and what tour this summer yeah we got a big fat tour we're going on soja common kings oh dope yeah it'll, it'll be fire michael franti dude's lit spearhead can't go wrong thanks so i'll be tight you know just kind of put together that little summer 420 kind of vibe and just kind of roll it out all summer man like i don't know the world's nuts out there right now so i think it's important you know that it's it's good that we are in these kind of positions and we're you know we're able to do that and especially with our sound man like it's 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 kind of crazy but this this sound this this genre that is like you know so so big and it's growing even more so you know the like reggae rock thing, man. It's like it means a lot to people, and it and it makes them feel hella good. You know, I I see all the stuff that fans post and how the how our music affects them just dramatically, and I just think that that's dope, man. It's it's crazy, uh, you know, how much it means to people. And I mean, I remember growing up, and and not even just growing up, just period. Like, music gets you, man, and and not for everyone, but some people. Like we, I think we touched on this a little bit last episode, but for some people, it's like music is just everything. Yep. And 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 to make such an effect on someone's life in a positive way, it's just it 
it, it makes you feel good. Too, 100%. Very, very blessed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, good with Daddy. there you go. Yeah, there it is. Dude. So, <laughs> once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Reamp Studios, for letting us come here and say all this stuff. Rome, Ramirez, thank you for spending your day with us, and we will see Anytime. you guys next time. Peace. Peace out. Love you guys. Peace.